It was the year of fire. The year of destruction. The year we took back what was ours. It was the year of rebirth. The year of great sadness. The year of pain. And the year of joy. It was a new age. It was the end of history. It was the year everything changed. The year is 2261. The show, the name of the pod. Episode 69, The Hour of the Wolf in which everyone must come to terms with the loss of Captain Sheridan, and Londo is recalled to the Centauri Imperial Court. It is Season 4, people. We are back in action. This is the name of the pod, the Babylon 5 podcast, in which we discuss all things Babylon 5. I am John Cassie, and I am joined live here in the eastern uh, parts of the United States by my dear friend and co-host, Chris Tatro. Welcome back. Welcome to season four, John. Welcome to season four, Chris. And welcome to uh, sunny New England. You know, it's actually not too bad. No. no you know, it's yeah. uh, we're recording this in February, and uh, it's sunny, which normally gives uh, the suggestion that it's going to be quite cold, but we've been out earlier in the day, and it was lovely. Right. And uh, we don't have 87 feet of snow on the ground. Right. So, at least at the time of this recording. That's right. Know, it's New England, so who knows what tomorrow will bring. Yeah, tomorrow could, uh, well, indeed, the next hour right. could bring, yeah, could bring all manner of 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 snow and mayhem and yeah, yeah, yeah. I do have pictures from this week, uh, four right. years ago, twenty fifteen, where there is what can only be described as a hoth like trench running from my front door right. to the parking lot because the the snow was piled up well over five feet high, yeah. probably closer to six. Yeah. Uh, that was that winter that started out somewhat mild, and then it was... It was last week of January it started, yeah. and then every Tuesday we got like another eight or ten inches of snow. Right. Hammer. And it hammer, just hammer, never hammer. stopped. Yeah. I remember that, that that there was so much snow and it was everywhere that um, I read a story that said the last of the snow mounds that the Boston street sweepers had taken care of was was suffering a forlorn fate mm-hmm. you know in july like out yes. on the seashore yes. like it was still there all covered with dirt and uh, got all nasty you know yeah. but yeah yeah when you're still dealing with snow in july yeah and, and then, you're not in and you're, and you're going to turn around and get more again in a week or two yeah yeah sad face okay but enough talking about the weather how is your hiatus been my hiatus was pretty good. Good. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we uh, you know, took care of, you know, ver- various family life issues. You know, mm-hmm. we've got, uh, you know, some critical birthdays that were, uh, you know, have happened and are coming up. So, mm-hmm. you know, holidays were good. You? Good. Got a lot of miniature painting done. Ah, uh, yes. Which I, which I do in almost every waking moment that I'm not recording or editing this podcast. That's right. Yeah, you know, much to the dismay of my family. Right. Yeah. Um, so that was, uh, that was good. Got a lot of that cranked out and, uh, uh, watched a lot of television. Yes. Break, same. Of course. Because, yes. Okay. Hey, you know, we're, we're, this is a television podcast television after pod- all. Yep. Television podcast. I finished, uh, finished up. I can't remember if I had finished watching the original series of Star Trek and the animated series before we wrapped mm. season three. Um, but I did that. And Not the I, animated series. Okay. I think that was yeah. after. Boy, that was a. That was an experience. I'd never seen the animated series before. What on earth? Yeah. 
What do you and, mean? And I, I had played... <laughs> it's I, good. Yeah. It's I, good. I had played the role-playing game back in the late 80s. Right. And there were Cations and Edoans in that, and I never knew where they came from. Right. And here we are. And now you know. Yeah. Yeah, there were there were definitely some drugs being used in that writing room. Oh, wow. God yeah, bless, the whole right? thing where, where Kirk and Spock get gills implanted in them, and now they can only survive underwater. Right. I, wow. Weird. Right. And, and to say nothing of the magic planet. To say nothing of uh, the uh, the magics of Magus II or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. With Lucian. Well, yes, where all the witches from Earth fled to right. after the Salem witch trials. As you do. Wow. Yeah. The giant Spock. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was the 70s, people. It was the 70s. So I did that, and I finished, and I watched through all of the original cast movies. Um, sort of plowed nice. through those. Yeah, yeah, most of them nice. Five. Uh, five of them pretty good. Yeah, five. Five. Five isn't still not, it's God, still no better no. Than, I, than the first time I saw it in the theater. No. That was a moment of disappointment. It's a terrible movie. Yeah, it really is. But six is so good. Six is so good! Yeah. Um, yeah, there, there's there's... There isn't anything to dislike. Maybe, um, maybe Iman's character is a little over the top. Yeah, you know, but mm-hmm. no, yeah, no. Great film. Great, yeah, a great General fir- Chang. Yes, killer villain. Yep, one of the best that they've that David, they've offered. David Warner. David Warner. Yep. TV's David Warner. Yeah, turning in an excellent, uh, excellent performance as the Chancellor. Yeah, yeah. Chancellor Gorkon. Gorkon. Yeah. Um, great send off to that cast. Totally, you know, we can totally. we can sort of not look in the direction of generations because they weren't all in it. Yeah, that's, so right. that's, yeah. that's right. That's um, right. Great, great, uh, great yeah. stuff to look back on. Yeah, yeah. A properly fine. Mm-hmm. You know, it's exactly what you want in a sci-fi movie. Right. Um, you know, and that that opening sequence where Praxis yes, sends moon. off that energy wave. Yes. Right. And uh, you know, plows into Excelsior. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember thinking at the time that it was tragic that they never gave Sulu his own show. Yeah. Well, and, you know, given that uh, Alex Kurtzman <laughs> is generating Star Trek content over for CBS All Access at a rate of two new series an hour. Yeah, I think, but, he, I think he just pitched another show, you know, in the six minutes since we started this podcast. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, um, yeah. yeah. Um, so... Uh, I watched season three of Travelers. Yes. Okay, which... We've, we've raved God. about Travelers here before. And, God and bless, it, was that good. And you know, words come out that it was the final season. Yep. Um, yep. Tragic. But, but if you're going to wrap a show, I think that's, you know, it, it got the best ending. Right. Show me the better ending. Yeah. To right. a show that, right. that, that actually could continue. Could right. could have gone yeah. on from that point. Could have stopped. Yeah. You know, much like the end of season four here. You know, they you know I think they they chose to wrap things yeah. up in case they didn't get another one. Yep. Uh, but uh, um, yeah. Oh, so so good, so good. Listeners, please treat yourself and go watch. Totally. Go watch that if yeah. you haven't. Yeah. Really. And and that's a, that's the right way to put it. So, yeah. Put it, Chris. Yeah. Go treat yourself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's on Netflix. Um, and an extraordinary piece of writing. And yeah. acting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the uh, first two seasons may be a little stronger. They introduce a character in the third season, mm-hmm. uh, kind of a, a, a kind of a personal foil to uh, uh, McLaren, our lead character. Mm-hmm. Who I don't I don't love her as much, mm-hmm. uh, but 
but they do some unbelievably moving yes. storytelling in that show. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can remember I hooked my two older nephew, my my two uh, older nephews, on this. And as they were going through season three, they were sort of saying, "Oh, I hope they don't." I hope they don't. Yeah. They're going to do... And then they did. And then they did, and right? And it was much worse than <laughs> you so could have imagined. Worse. Yes. It was so much worse than you could ever imagine. Yeah. 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 It, you know, folks, we... we, At least me. I, I watch these programs to kind of get that, that kind of uh, tremendous arc. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the exaltation or the, like, despair. Right. Right. And Travelers season yeah. three certainly gives you both because you're you're so invested in the characters. That's right. You know, even after it, it's only ten episodes a season, right? So even I would say even by the end, by in the middle of season two, you're so invested in in these characters. Certainly by the end of season three, only thirty episodes in. That's right. Which is really only a, a regular television season. Yeah. And yeah. and I would be hard pressed to think of any show where I cared that much about the characters at the end of. A season. That's right. Yeah, you know, just one season of of television. Yeah, I mean, Star Trek: The Original Series season one is thirty episodes long. Yeah, right. I mean, it got a huge order. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, B five twenty two. Right. You know, this show certainly had not gotten its sea legs. Right. In in what would have been its third season, prestige wise. Mm-hmm. Right. I mm-hmm. mean, twenty two episodes. Well, yeah. you're in season three. Yeah. Of a prestige format program. These things have to be totally written differently. Right. Right. Nowadays. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't think even Next Generation, I don't think that I, well, I don't think I ever formed a real emotional attachment to the characters in Next Generation. Yeah. I, 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 they don't, they don't resonate for me in some way. They're yeah. almost too perfect. Yeah. Um, so, you know, much, you know, com- compare contrast against, against Babylon 5 where, you know, these are, these are very imperfect characters in a number of ways and yeah. you feel for them so much more. Yeah, totally. Um, totally. So, yeah. Yeah, I, great, great television. Um, yeah. And speaking of things we've mentioned a billion and a half times, I've started rewatching Space Above and Beyond. Yes. So, uh, and it's it's funny because that that aired in '97, so that's after the wrap up of of Babylon Five, and there's there's you can definitely feel. I mean, we've talked a little bit about li- lineages. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can definitely feel that in in Space Above and Beyond. And having recently watched Galactica, there's so much of Space Above and Beyond in Galactica. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. It's that mm. influence yeah. has has never really been fully mm. teased out in my right. Uh, you know, in podcasts I've listened to, things I've read, but yeah. it's so there. It was a show that that really slipped under the radar in a lot of ways because it was only one season. Yeah. But when you've got Morgan and Wong at the helm, who really did the 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 best episodes of of X-Files, X-Files and Millennium. And Millennium. Um, you know, giving them their own show. Yeah, it's it's going to it's going to hit it out of the ballpark. Totally. Um, and yeah. How uh, far along are you? I think I'm only about 8 episodes in. Ah, okay. So not not too far in. Yeah. But it's um, already established. Mm-hmm. You're already fully invested in those characters. In some of them. Uh, in some there, of them. There hasn't yeah. been enough about uh, Wang or Damfus yet. That's right. They haven't gotten any kind of spotlight time, which you know, I, I which is a little bothersome you're eight episodes in and you've really focused on the white characters yep. almost exclusively yep. um they're you know wang and Danfus are not featured on the poster for the for the show as yep. prominently yep you know you don't you don't really know anything about them other than wang being a sports fan 
Right. You know, by it, by this point, the, Wang will certainly get a plot arc coming up. Oh hell! Oh yeah. my word! Oh I, my word! Yeah, yeah, and it's. I wish this were on a streaming service somewhere, because because folks, oh, if you haven't watched it, you know, I really wish that I could lend you all my DVDs. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. In fact, there's what about a dozen of you? So so hit me up, and I'll 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 pass them around. Yeah, we. we would I mail? Yes, I would. Yeah. Would I mail my discs to a to a name of the pod listener to watch Space Above and Beyond? I totally would. If you promise to then mail them on to a friend. That's and right. To someone else who likes Babylon Five, who likes right. genre sci-fi, and you want to show. Yeah. Now it's 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 '90s as heck. Oh yeah. You know, and and especially where you, you get sort of like the maudlin narration at the beginning and the end of the episode. Yep. You know, uh, like it's so Fox Mulder. Yeah. Um, although Discovery did the same dang thing just in the last week's episode. Absolutely. You know, so you still have that kind of thing going. And I hate it almost every time when you have a character narr- yeah. just sort of provide some sort of deep, soulful, you know, narration that's supposed to mean something at the, at yeah. the opening and the closing. It's like, no. okay, if you're not Doogie Howser, you know, yeah, right. just, yeah. just don't even try it. Yeah, I, I would have loved to have seen... Uh, uh, Michael Burnham typing on a, <laughs> yes. uh, you know, on a Vic Twenty or whatever yeah. the hell Doogie Howser's using. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I watched. Uh, I am. I am still watching because it's so long. Um, uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation. Mm-hmm. Okay. And folks, I know we got slagged in season one of this program on being negative about Babylon Five season one. Let me tell you. Season one of Babylon Five oh. is a oh yeah Babylon Five is yes. a garden paradise <laughs> of excellent television. Yes, compared to the stinking cesspool of despair that is season one of Star Trek: The Next Generation. How that show ever got enough time to become good, yeah. is beyond me. No. that first season is dreadful. I wonder what the ratings were like for that first season. They were good. They were good. Well, you know, there wasn't anything to compare it to yeah, at the that's time. True. It that's was true. it was the only thing that was out there. And yeah. and as much as we, we like to, to to talk about B five as a as a forerunner of the narrative storytelling yeah. form, you know, because there was nothing else at the time doing it, well, next generation, you know, yeah. we'd been without Star Trek on television for twenty years and yep. without movies for a handful at that point. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, yeah. So. Yeah. It, it, it is it is interesting to the point that Travelers mm-hmm. had begun, had its crescendo, and was canceled mm-hmm. in the amount of time it took Star Trek The Next Generation <laughs> to put out actually a good episode. Wow. Right. Yeah. You know, the first really good, to me, mm-hmm. first really good episode of Star Trek The Next Generation is... Uh, Called the measure of a man, mm-hmm. you know, is data mm-hmm. property? The trial? Or, yeah, the trial, yeah. right? And that's like ten or eleven episodes into season two. Wow, right? Shocking. Yeah, right. Um, it's interesting in this rewatch. Uh, Captain Picard, very well drawn character. Patrick Stewart, a really great actor. Yeah, right. For me, the character who's who I'm appreciating way more in this rewatch is. Deanna Troy, hmm. which I find very, like, I don't quite know why. Yeah. Right? Uh, there's a lot of that, oh, you know, great joy and gratitude kind of, mm-hmm. you know, airy, airy, fairy nonsense yeah. uh, in season one. But she's she's far more interesting somehow mm-hmm. in all of the sort of interstitial work that she does. Mm-hmm. And then when she gets her own 
stuff. Yeah. As long as it isn't, oh, I lost my powers, mm-hmm. you know, or because that's always like that's all you got, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I feel bad the way that oh, I, I, when she gets actually a she gets to put a uniform on. Yes. When she's that's when like she a tenfold improvement. Of oh the my character. god! Yeah. It's totally different, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that episode where she plays a Romulan and she is just, mm-hmm. you know, when Marina Sirtis yeah. goes Romulan. Mm-hmm. Oh please! Yeah, you know, it's don't yeah. don't um, um, don't clone Jean Luc Picard. Yeah. Uh-huh. Clone Deanna Troy. Yeah, make her the leader of the. You know, make her the villain in that uh, rom in uh, Nemesis. I don't know the movie you're speaking of. Star Trek Ten. I don't know the movie you're speaking of. It's the one Star- with the X. Star Trek Ten. Wasn't that like Into Darkness or something? Yeah, or, right. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> it's, beyond. It's all, yeah. it's all gone. Just, yeah. psh, no, no, nothing. Nothing um, beyond. Nothing beyond six. Yeah. Um, uh, so, and I, you know, when I finish that, uh, you know, now that we're back, yeah. uh, you know, recording, mm-hmm. you know, it'll be all B five, you know, until right. we get to the end of this. But right. you know, yeah. I'll finish TNG and then on to DS nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and again, apologies, folks. This is not a Star Trek podcast, but. You know, we've got to fill the time somehow. I, I went back uh, earlier in the year. I start last year. I started watching Enterprise, which I'd never seen. Right. And I got through the first season and a half of it and stalled out. Well, I I made another yeoman's effort at it uh, this break. Mm-hmm. Uh, got through season three, uh, the Zindi War, which was which was really I thought very solid, properly good. Yep. Got a little bit into into season four, and I'm like Nazis. What? Uh. <laughs> Uh, so I'm stalled out again, but right. I'll, I'll see if I can make some progress, uh, knowing that I'm almost at the end of that one. Uh, um, you know, in 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 you know, in due deference to to Enterprise, you're hard pressed not to stall out after about a season and a half. Yeah. And the problem, of course, is that by the time the show actually finds its legs, no one's watching. Right. Well, they brought in a whole new showrunner for season three. Yeah. Um, and I, I, as you say, I think I think it was on life support ratings wise in season three, and then yeah. four was just let's just run out the clock. Um, yeah. Which is um, which is which is too bad. It could have it could have gone on and found itself, but. Uh, eh. Yeah. Yeah. It, it so, doesn't deserve it doesn't deserve the the crap for killing the franchise that it gets. Yeah. That belongs to Voyager. <laughs> well, how about the hour of the wolf? <laughs> the Chris? hour of the wolf. <laughs> yes, which I, is that before or after the hour of scampering? It is after the hour of oh, scampering okay, yes. and before the hour yeah. of uh, of Michigas. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so, folks, we're, we're here. We are in season four. We're only twenty we're, minutes in. We're talking about the show. We're talking about. <laughs> Look, it's the first season. I know. We're going to re- regroup what we did first episode. I'm sorry. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Um, and um, yeah, and you know, look, we, we you know we do things other than Babylon Five. We do. We don't appear to do anything other than watch television. Very little. Yeah. <laughs> Very little. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the fact that I've watched six seasons of Star Trek: The Next Generation, that is not a credit. <laughs> but it's like cotton candy, you know. Yeah. It, you, you, it's yeah, just flavor. I've it's not... listened to six seasons of go. Star Trek: The Next Generation yeah. and watched maybe twenty episodes that were okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, or really good. Oh, but you still have you have the um, you have the ghost candle one coming up. Sub Rosa. Yes. Can't wait. <laughs> Sorry, I'm distracting us again from day of the uh, hour of the wolf. Yes, the yes. hour of the wolf, uh, season four, episode one. Yep. And you know we've got the new 
you know, the new opening, mm-hmm. new opening uh, sequence, which you you know, of course, you heard our our version of it mm-hmm. to uh, to start this program. Yes. Um, kind of like that we're getting this kind of league of non-aligned actors, kind of everyone on board, yeah, kind of thing, yeah. You know, a yeah. sense of unity, a sense of driving purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yep. I mean, you've got Sheridan barely showing up at all in this episode. Right. Um, the, the questions of whether he's alive or dead. I mean, did we really have questions? I don't think we had questions. Well, um, we, we don't. Right. As, as, uh, but even watching this in 1996 or whatever it was, did, did, I, I don't think that they, would, they wouldn't have killed off a ma- the, the major character like that. Yeah, I mean, my, my takeaway, I remember this at the time, was... Well, we don't know how he's going to be brought back. Right. Right. But mm-hmm. they've lost, they've had to recast and redo so many different parts. Right. That they're not going to narratively mm-hmm. kill um, Sheridan. Mm-hmm. Because he's only been on the show two seasons. Mm-hmm. Right. And there isn't anything that he's dealing with in his own life. Mm-hmm. You know, Bruce Boxleitner. Right. So, so this is a kind of narrative... Uh, yeah. Something, yeah. and we'll see where it, uh, you know, we'll see where it goes, right? right? right. You know, it's sort of like your le- your Lucutus of Borg kind of thing, right? You know that that Picard will be, yeah, will be okay and yeah. come out the other end, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so what you get to do is you get to watch the other characters who normally rely on him, right, for leadership, guidance, help. How do they do on their own? Mm-hmm. You know, when the answer is middling, yeah, not great in not a lot of cases. Great. Yeah, yeah, Ivanova particularly. Yeah, uh, seems to uh, seems to have some issues. Yeah, um, you know, I, I would say between Ivanova and Delenn, the the two of them are not really not really functional at this point. <sighs> yeah, Delenn seems to be a little bit more. Uh, she has a little bit more efficacy mm-hmm. in her. Um, I, I would. Think, she's not as she's no more successful than Ivanova. Right? No, but I think it's because she's holding on to the hope. Yeah, you know, fiercely holding on to the belief and hope that Sheridan is still alive. Yeah, and hope isn't really a trait that I associate with Susan Ivanova. No, 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 no. You know, she's she's just going to be like, well, he's dead. This is yeah. this is everything's bad. Yeah, yeah. the burdens of command. Right. right? Yeah. Um, and. You know, I feel for her because mm-hmm. right? she is not. She's not ready. She's not apparently not ready enough. Yeah. She doesn't have the. I mean, she's got mental discipline, but she doesn't have that kind of emotional resilience, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. She can't give that kind of support to her team the way that Sheridan can. Right. Right. And so people are sort of flailing around under her. Right. Right. And it's not just Sheridan missing. It's, it's Garibaldi, it's Garibaldi, too. Yeah. So you've got two pegs pulled out of the Jenga tower. Yeah. So yeah. that makes it even more that she has to take on and be responsible for. Right. Right. Because, you know, Zach Allen is certainly not up to. He's not a department chair. That's right. He's not yeah. a department head. Right. Yeah. And Department chair. <laughs> Can you tell I work in academia? Well, yeah, yeah I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and, you know, we have to remember, you know, we saw Susan Ivanova in her quarters with 
all of that paperwork sort of around her, right? Mm-hmm. She's not just the Earth Force commander of Babylon 5. She's the acting president of an independent state. Mm-hmm. Right. Not sworn in, yeah. you know, acting in a kind of military capacity. Yeah. Doesn't have the legitimacy that Sheridan does. And I, I get the sense that logistics and, and management at that level is not her strong suit. Yeah, yeah. She can do it, but it's yeah. it's burdensomely hard. Right. 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 Particularly when she's got all this other stuff that she has to contend yeah. with. Yeah. Which which is um which is yeah. asking for skills she doesn't have in full measure. Right. Yeah. To be used as though she were an expert. Right, right. right. If she were just on a ship and she was the XO on a ship, and and the captain was missing or dead, I feel pretty confident that she could step up yes. and 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 take control in that situation. But you know, Babylon Five is so much more That's than right. a ship, as you say. It's an independent nation. It's a city state. Yes. It's and and it's the flagship of the re- resistance against the shadows. Right. Um, whom they don't know are when they're gonna strike back. Um, the non-aligned, the, the League of Non-Aligned Worlds is falling apart. Yes. Or fallen apart. Right. So she doesn't have that to to right. support her in any way. It's, right. it's basically all of her support structure is gone. Yeah. Yep. And that League uh, disintegration moment happens on her watch. Right. Right. I mean, it's falling apart. She can't rally them. Yeah. You know, it's shouty Susan mm-hmm. rather than trying to be, trying to find a diplomatic Right way, you know, she's got a she's got diplomatic more training than she had, mm-hmm. but not enough to carry her through this. Right, right? Delenn's appeal is almost never going to work in those in that league set, setting. Mm-hmm. You know, a, 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 an appeal by Delenn is a harder die roll, right, against the league's resistance than Earth. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, and she's not speaking. I don't think she's speaking the language that's going to get through to them. Agreed. She's, she's speak, again, she's speaking the language of hope. They're looking at the language of practicality and survival. Uh-huh. And Well, and, and you know, from their perspective, mm-hmm. well, it looks like the war is largely over. Right. You know, the so, year of the Shadow War. Right. right? Oh, it's done. Well, and, where, you know, if we, if we rally this big attack now, then whatever forces are left are going to seek reprisal against us. And, yeah. And we, you know, we can't have we that. We can't have that, so... Yeah. So, you know, the League of Non-Aligned Worlds, or each member of the League of Non-Aligned Worlds, viewing this from their own pragmatic perspective, mm-hmm. what, what, do you, what more do you want? Yeah. We, we gave you everything we had. Mm-hmm. We were largely successful. Mm-hmm. And now Captain Sheridan, in sacrificing himself, has delivered us a great victory yeah. on Zahadum. Well, time to go home. It's just mopping up exercises at this point. Right. Right. I mean, of course it's not, mm-hmm. right? But Ivanova's not able to, um, uh, you know, to carry the day on that. Right. And and you get the sense that, that Babylon 5, under her command, is going to struggle. Yeah. At least that's that's my takeaway. Yeah. Right, that she's not up to the task. Mm-hmm. Right, I talk, you know, I go back to that Locutus of Borg kind of scenario. We have, I have two two sort of examples in my head of your your charismatic leader 
goes under, mm-hmm. and the XO takes over. Uh-huh. Um, Will Riker, perfectly capable yep. of captaining that ship, does all sorts of interesting things on his own. Mm-hmm. His people rally to his to his side, right? They they take his orders to mm-hmm. you know to kill Locutus, right? Mm-hmm. All right, so he's ready. Yeah. Okay. In a way that Susan Ivanova does not appear to be. Right. Right. Saul Tide. <laughs> I was going to say we've sort of got a continuum here. <laughs> we got a continuum. Riker at the high end. Right. Susan in the middle. Yeah. Saul Tide. Cluster. No, boop. <laughs> not ready. Yeah. 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 Saul Tide is capable of making a very hard, unpopular decision. Yeah. But he's incapable of stringing those kinds of decisions along with really wise decisions right keeping people motivated to do what needs to be done Saltai never saw a bad decision he wouldn't make oh no mm. no yeah. and yet and yet he is capable yeah of making really good hard decisions yes but sort of your routine decisions mm-hmm. yeah. he goes catastrophically off right off track yeah catastrophically really bad really bad really bad yeah 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 um and and then again if if you look back at the at the original star trek series yeah pretty much every other week captain kirk was missing or stranded on some other planet or lost in the in the uh uh in the tholian you know Uh, interspace zone or something like that and spock was like well i guess we've done all we can let's uh He'd want us to continue the mission. And and Bones is always there, like, screaming at him. Like, right. you're trying to take over the ship. You always want to command for yourself. How many times does that play out? But Spock yeah. is very capable. Right. But he doesn't have the, the, the charismatic support right. um, that you need in uh, in a first officer taking over yeah. in that position. Yeah. I think yeah. the deputy that I would, uh, that I would uh, go to first uh, would perhaps have to be Montgomery Scott. Oh, yeah. Because anytime he's in that chair, he's just a... Business no. gets done. Business, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 You will no more take control of this ship than I will be caught wearing a dress. That's never going to happen. He never said that. Well, but, but yeah. he could have. Yeah, exactly. He very well could have. It might be in an animated episode somewhere. Right. So, so yeah. So, I'm very concerned about the state of yeah. of Babylon 5's ability to, to continue as right. a kind of going concern mm-hmm. while... Well, Susan's in charge under this much duress. Right. right? Because she has not, you know, she's not wearing the the rank insignia of a captain. Right. They're not calling her captain. Mm -hmm. No one believes that Sheridan is actually dead. He's been missing before. Right. He's been missing in time and he came back. So maybe, you know. Right. So she's in a kind of indeterminate position. Right. Uh, You know, when... uh, when when Riker's leading the charge against Lakutus of Borg, he's got four pips on his collar, mm-hmm. right? You know, he's promoted. He's now right, right. But Susan doesn't have that by mm-hmm. virtue of Babylon Five being in this independent status. Yeah. So all she has is the fact that she was in this command chain. Who would grant her a promotion? Exactly. She would, she would because yeah. she's the one in charge. Right. And she's not going to do that. Right. Which is super awkward. Right. right. You know, I'm 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 reminded of the image, one of the one of the nice nicest pieces of work in those Lord of the Rings movies, 
when we finally meet Denethor, the steward of Gondor, mm-hmm. and he's sitting in basically mm-hmm. a dining room chair, mm-hmm. and 12 feet above him, you know, is the throne of Gondor, mm-hmm. empty. Yeah. You know, that's not your throne. Right. You sit here, steward, mm. right? Yeah. Shock. I'd never quite thought of it that way. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And she's kind of in the steward's chair. Yeah. Waiting for... Sucking on the chicken bones. Right. Mm, John Noble. John Noble, who I adore. He's great. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. Um, So I'm worried about that. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're, we're not even 10 minutes into this episode... And I'm gravely worried about what's happening on Centauri Prime. As well you should be. As well we all should it's, be. It's 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 super bad. Super bad. You know, it's interesting I, that up until this point, almost all of the things happening have been contained. You know, the ship is our main setting. Indeed. We don't have major events happening or major scenes. Ep- we have scenes, but we don't have episode ever episode arcs happening entirely off station. That's right. Yes. Now we do. Now we do. Now we've got, you know, we've got uh, that uh, we've got um, that Londo's recalled to to the Centauri homeworld. We get to meet Emperor Cartagia. Yo. Ooh, boy. Ooh. I mean, we've talked last season about how he was a little bit of a nutter, but Ooh, he is a yeah. nasty piece of work. Yeah, we're full. We're in full-on uh, Caligula territory here. I would mm-hmm. say. Yeah. Yep, that's clearly the if model. He is absolutely the model. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Caligula, uh, Vlad, mm-hmm. Tepesh. Yep. You know, pick all of your your particularly gruesome, uh, particularly yeah. unhinged right leaders. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, Cartagia. He's a bit. You can you can get it, the sense of who he is. From the 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 eyes, you know, he's got a little bit of that. Oh, he's got like the Gowron eyes. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. He's... yeah the, the Gowron eyes are like, I'm going to kill you yeah. and eat your soul. Yeah. You know, his whereas Cartagio like, looks looks yeah. loopy. Yeah, right. Gowron yeah. never looked loopy. He just mm. looked crazy. Right. Right, like he would do anything. Yeah. Right, Cartagia the same, but yeah. but insane. Right. Right. Unreadable. Yeah. You know, un- Inscrutable. Unpredictable. unpredictable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a proper menace. Right. Right. Yeah. Like Londo shows up late, and I forget if it's this episode or if it's the next episode where he's. It takes him a while to get there. Oh, I think it's in the next episode. Yeah. So, yeah. But but you know, it's like well, I guess I suppose that I you know you you gave proper. You know, curtsies to me and uh, you know sucked up to me properly, so I will not have you killed. Right. Yeah. Mm, okay, yeah. that's yeah. the kind of guy we're dealing with here. All right, then. Yeah, I guess is... I won't exsanguinate you. Yeah. Uh, today. Today. Yeah. Yeah. Tread uh, very lightly around around this person. Right. Right. Yeah. Which, of course, you know, is uh, is what we're supposed to sort of take away from yeah. the fact that his, you know, that he's surrounded by young. Mm. Um, um, uh, sexually fluid um, fawning uh, sycophants fawning sycophants who've yeah. redone their hair in the Cartagia way right? which is of course scandalous yeah. right um, and the sort of simpering caricature of the minister mm. you know who is a character I despise mm-hmm. um, but 
he understands full well what it means to work in a court that is now, yeah, uh, you know, run by a mad person. Cartagia has right. been on the throne what about six months? Yeah, hardly six, any time. No, at all. not even a year at this point. So, you know, do do we assume that the minister was someone who was a simpering idiot who was brought in with? He was always always attached to Cartagia. Ah, uh, sure. He's, so he's become accustomed to this over over length of time. Or was did he walk in? Was he a, was he a perfectly fine minister a year ago, and now a year has broken him to this point? Yeah. Yeah, I don't Unclear. think we know that. We don't. Yet. We don't know, but yeah. uh, but he's definitely he's definitely broken and fearful to a to an incredible degree, um, and right. and we see even Londo. You know, uh, again, I'm leaping ahead to to next week's episode uh-huh. a little bit, but Londo's been on on Centauri Prime for for two days, right. and he's and he's <laughs> right, like, right. you know, he's talking about you know, vivisections and all these horrible things he's seen. It sounds like he's it sounds like he's was you know in Nam for seven tours or something yeah, that's like right, that. That's right. That's right. Yeah, know? yeah. A a criminal regime mm. can upset uh, protocols and standards with with you don't need a lot of time, right? Right. When you are in an authoritarian kind of scenario, mm-hmm. right? I mean, the emperor is the emperor, right? Right. The centaurum. I don't really have any sense of what the Centaurum's powers are, but it doesn't appear to be exercising them. This is back right. to my right. to my fundamental grief about republic and empire. Right, right? like what what exactly is this? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, because the Senate wasn't doing much in in under a lot of the more horrific emperors' reigns of Rome. Absolutely. You know, it's it's they're there to to. Uh, shout their approvals at whatever the emperor has has declared, uh, and you know make themselves money, make, yeah. get them get rich, and hope that they don't step out of line and say the wrong thing, and yeah. and end up you know planted in the ground with their with a with a big chopper head scyther, so, yeah, yeah. head scyther <laughs> headed their way. So I think it's it's probably the same thing of the centaurum yeah. here is is you know they're just they're they're looting they're they're concerned about their own personal yeah. fiefdoms and they're yeah. uh, trying not to end up ahead on his desk yeah 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 that their 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 goal remains the the the, the noble dance that we've talked about so yeah. many times right yeah um, and you know most of them frankly would probably not be sophisticated enough to realize mm-hmm. that what's going on in the imperial palace has these potentially grave long-term consequences because they're so interested in their own right their own nonsense and noodling right and you know he's been there a year well maybe maybe we've got some frog boiling action in in, yep. in uh you know going on here which strangely i used that expression recently uh, right. around ali and my wife and a couple of other friends and they had never heard it and looked at me like i was a monster really like, like why in the world would you boil a frog i said no it's an expression no, it's not. I it most certainly I is. Most certainly you know, is. <laughs> well, you, you boil a frog in, right. in, in, incrementally. You know, the water gets hotter and hotter. The frog barely notices that it's in, you know, it's in boiling water until the water is boiling and it's dead. Yes. They were like, "That's terrible." Okay, fine. I wouldn't boil. You know, they're like, "So like lobsters?" Yes, like lobsters. Okay, but you know, I like lobsters. I don't want to have horrible metaphors about lobsters. Yes. Anyway. You think sometimes we lived in a pocket universe? <sighs> Clearly, yeah. where. Where we where we watched the uh, uh, the Sinbad uh, genie uh, see, movie that's in right. the nineties and, and all of those other sorts <laughs> right. of things, and it's spelled E I N. 
Yeah, Bear, yeah, yeah Baron Stain. Stain. Yeah. yeah. Um, so so look, we we're 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 in a place, folks, where uh, it's not at all clear that Babylon Five itself is continuing to trend on an upward line. Right. All you need is three seconds of watching the shadow ships arrive over Centauri Prime mm-hmm. to realize, oh God. Yeah. That is that is a very, very bad decision. Yeah. Yeah. And Londo sees even Londo knows yeah. it's a bad decision. When even Londo is saying it's a bad decision. Right. But but again, like every other step of the way we've seen with Londo, you know, there's not there's nothing really he can do about it or he's choosing to not do about yeah. it because to speak up and I mean he does try to argue yep but he then he's threatened and he backs down right uh, no instead he goes the Londo route which is mm. call Veer yeah summon Veer back the only person I can actually trust right and then I'll conspire with you right, right? Uh, was it your sense Chris that Stephen First had lost a bunch of weight it looked, uh, he looked different to me I'm not sure. I know there was one of the seasons that he lost a lot of weight before, but I thought it was between season two and three, maybe. I'm not sure. I know he, he had some health issues somewhere along yeah, the way. Yeah, he I'll, looked he looked different I'll, to me. I'll I'll look it up and put it in the show yeah. notes. But but listeners are probably already saying, no, it was it was yes, exactly, it was this time. Yeah. No, it was this other season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it uh, may not possibly. even have been. Was he oh, wearing the, oh, the the short like stylish haircut? Maybe. He he looked different yeah. to me somehow. Okay, like maybe he had been ill. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he seemed maybe a little older, or maybe a little more frail, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, or maybe he had lost weight. Yeah, you know, I'm not really sure, but I don't know. He looked he looked a little yeah. different to me, like okay. like he'd mm-hmm. aged. Yeah, right. Uh, um, uh, Morden also didn't look like he'd aged well between seasons. Yeah, Morden. Uh, yeah, yeah, not. Uh, yeah. Eleven herbs and spices, <laughs> extra crispy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, precisely. Yeah, yeah, and it couldn't have happened to a nicer. I know. A nicer villain. Yeah. 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 You know. Or I, I thought perhaps he was going to become half Bimbari and half human. He pops out for, of that cocoon. That's right. Yeah. 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 No, it's definitely it's definitely pulling back his charisma score a few notches yes. so that he's not, you know, he's he's gotten where he is by being smarmy and charismatic. Right. All right. Now we're going to take that away from him. Now he's just left being manipulative and evil. Mm-hmm. Um, and he puts the interesting question to... You know, to Londo, um, that I think is is sort of an eternal one. Of you know, well, Londo says, "Well, you know, why don't here?" I wrote the quote down here somewhere. Okay. Um, you know, Londo says, "Well, why don't I? Uh, why don't I leave?" And he says, "Because you're drawn to power. Because you're my friend, and because you're afraid of what someone else might do in your place." Yeah. So, yeah, uh, huge question: what someone else might do in your place. All right, so you are. Let's pause it. That that Londo Malari is a good man. Oh, okay, okay. That's that's going out on a limb. Okay, that's a big given. Let's okay. Oh, let's, <laughs> let's explore that. Let's, let's maybe yeah. remove Londo personally from the situation. Say a good person in a bad administration, a bad environment, yes. a corrupt regime like this. You know, can you do more good from the inside? Or is it better to leave, to protest, right. leave that regime, right. and uh, you'll get the voice heard, you're, you're, get your protest noticed by someone, even if it might mean your death. Right. Um, and work from the outside. Yeah. It's, 
you know, there are stories of this, you know, abounding mm-hmm. in in both ancient and, you know, kind of medieval and modern sources, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You find you find that your normal order of business has been disrupted by some kind of by some kind of change that that appears to be existential in nature. Mm-hmm. What should you do, yeah. right? And it can very easily be that you're the frog in the water, yeah. not realizing that you're being boiled to death mm-hmm. by by inadvertently serving a criminal regime, right? You yeah. you 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 may not even be aware of how bad it is because, like the minister. Mm. You're talking yourself into kind of complying and collaborating mm-hmm. on a minute-by-minute basis. Right. If I can stay alive for five more minutes, maybe I can do something good. Right. And and maybe you can to mm-hmm. a degree. Mm-hmm. And then there, you reach a point where you really can't. And do you understand what that level is? Right. Um and that could be very, very challenging. Right. I mean, you think about some of the great sort of criminal regimes, and there are always people who defect from them. Right. Right. Yeah. Who, on matters of principle. Yeah. Right. And there may be people who, who remain inside and do good. You know, Schindler's List is probably the right. the, the most widely known example of such a thing. Uh, maybe there are others who thought they could do good and end up either you know, getting running afoul of whatever secret police or uh, just not not being able to accomplish whatever kinds of goals they had wanted right. to to accomplish. Um, right. You know, it's it's tough to uh, the very nature of those kinds of those kinds of regimes make make working from within to 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 better it very right. difficult, and working from without, you know, almost more difficult. So it's it's a, such a tough choice. Yeah, I mean, working from without is very hard. Working from within is very dangerous. Yes. Right. Because yes. the the uh, well, there's no guarantee you won't be killed from that's right. on the outside unless yeah. you're in some sort of like protected other nation state. Right. You know? Yeah. Right. I like, mean, like Jakar on Babylon Five. Like Jakar on Babylon Five. Yeah. Exactly. That's the mm-hmm. you know Jakar is uh, good thing he doesn't leave. That would be a bad idea. Just as you say. Mm. <laughs> um, um, are we sort of set on Centauri Prime? I think we're good. Yeah, um, because the the continuing evolution of Shakar along the lines of becoming a spiritual leader, yes, rather than you know the uh, the the version we get at the beginning of the of the show, yes, uh, quite extraordinary, you know. Yeah. Uh, JMS really knows how to write this character mm-hmm. right he does no better a job with anyone else than he does with Shakar okay yeah Shakar's growth is uh, is 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 on this kind of very powerful compelling arc mm-hmm. it's totally believable yeah it's totally authentic um, and and we've reached a level here in season four where we're moving to 
the Jakar that I have always had in my head mm-hmm. as sort of you know peak Jakar. Right. 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 Uh, you know his sort of intense loyalty to Garibaldi, mm-hmm. uh, becoming even more so. Right. Yeah. I'm going to take personal risks in order to try to figure out what happened to him mm-hmm. because why doesn't anyone seem to care? Yes. Right. Which you know has been There's... one of our beefs about this program. Yeah. Right. Why, why wasn't he looking for Garibaldi in the middle of last season? Yeah. He was just as missing then. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been missing yeah. for 20 episodes, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I, 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 love, I love that Jakar is really developed now just to have, be ready for what's coming. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I, I know what's coming. Right. And it's, it's not good. We've we've been saying a lot this episode, and that's bad. That's not good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It gets worse. Yeah, yeah. It always gets worse. Yeah, uh, it was the year of fire, the year of destruction. <laughs> yeah, it's, nobody's saying it's the year of puppies and sunshine, folks. That's right. Yeah. Um, Max, don't step on the keyboard. Yeah, we, yeah. friends, we've uh, we've been we've been recording on tenterhooks here because our dear friend Max, Max, you realize the cat who can. Who can bellow in New Hampshire and be heard in Rhode Island um, has been noodling around on the tabletop here. Here he comes back for another pass. Yes. Um, and we're waiting for him to walk up to the microphone and and deafen you, or um, just simply unplug things and I lose yeah. the entire recording file. Yeah. Oh, Maximus. So so he's he's been here for the last ten minutes, but not with his usual uh, vocal. Yeah, he thing. likes this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Max, was this a good one? Yeah, yeah. He doesn't have a lot to say. Yeah. You know, as far as as far as season openers go, um, you know, this certainly reinforces the the attitude or the 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 message of despair. Yes. And that things have uh, things have gone badly off track. Yes. And things are going to get worse. Um, it didn't have a lot of punch to it. I, you know, I was I was expecting to come back from from Zahadum the end of last season and have have something that was a little more exciting a little more wham to it but hmm. uh um rather I, yeah rather than than a slow burn um not bad but it's not you know i was i was hoping for more of a more of a pop more decisive yeah yeah you know i know i i think that i think that we're really getting sheridan jumping off of the uh off of that precipice mm-hmm. as a proper ending to an act in a play and now it's yeah. okay. Act four, scene one. Mm-hmm. You know, interior Babylon five night, the night of the wolf, yeah. the long night of Susan Gar- of Susan Garibaldi, <laughs> Susan Ivanova. Mm-hmm. Right? They're not um, that close. No. Um, you know, and sort of yeah. now begin. Right. And we'll that's, see where we're you know where we're going. So that's probably episode, a better way of thinking of it than of than as a television season opener, which which do usually tend to be. You know, a little for, bit more, more pizzazz, yeah, and right. and and active, yeah. You know, yeah, like uh, you know, we were talking about discovery, mm-hmm. right? That's season two, episode one, with those you know travel pods, mm-hmm. you know, winging and zinging, and you know, through an asteroid yeah. field. They're just spending money to show off, right? Right. It's fine. It yeah. was exciting, yeah. right? That that uh, science officer had uh, <laughs> had what was coming to him come to him, you know, yeah. Um, you know, he, he put on the wrong color shirt that morning. That's right. Yeah, he, he was, was supposed yeah. to be wearing a red one, right? Yeah. Um, 
you know, and it, it you know, it, it it helped to to bring some things that we needed to be um, uh, to be educated about, you know, into relief. But mm-hmm. yeah. otherwise, but, you but you're right. This is this is uh, this episode. I think probably next week's episode as well. We're we're doing a lot of setup work. We're building for <laughs> for where season four is going. Um, yeah. yeah, and and JMS is not in a hurry to get us there. Nope. Necessarily, he's going to lay things out, you know, in the in the proper pace. Let things breathe. Right. Um, you know, the, if anything, I would say that 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 pilot that Discovery season two opener was maybe a little too rushed. There was too much crammed into it. Yeah. You know, for for a, the, the first couple of episodes for a, for a prestige series. You know, they're they're really jam packing everything in and not letting it breathe enough. Yeah, um, I agree. So, I think we've uh, we're we're getting more, more a more relaxed spin out of the implications of of season three. Yeah, yeah. I always read Babylon Five as being a bit more operatic mm-hmm. than television or film, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, you have um, you know, it's kind of almost Wagnerian. You know, you've got. Uh, um, you know your 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 opening opera mm-hmm. in season one. You know you've got your 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 middle operas. You know in seasons two and part of three. Now here in four, you know we have the opening movement of Goddardamerung. <laughs> you know, which takes six hours to watch with yeah. nine intermissions. You yeah. know. Um, but that's where we are. Yeah, you know, we're sort of at the start of the, mm-hmm. you know, of the end. Because uh-huh. we really are at the at the start of the end. Right. Okay. Right. Um, and you know, I suspect when it comes to it, we'll we'll be evaluating seasons one through four mm-hmm. as one contained operatic story. Right. And five is sort of a coda. Right. Or is it the start of some other thing? Or mm-hmm. You know, or, or, or. an epilogue, you know, yeah, playing like out, epilogue, playing right. out the consequences, yeah. um, which is something that I like when when you get the consequences of of big actions and big events really explored, uh, you know, more than in in you know Star Wars when you know the Emperor dies and all of a sudden everyone across the universe starts cheering and there's freedom. Ugh. Yeah, you know, that's Ick. too simplistic. But Star Wars is a child story. Indeed, I don't say that slagging it. I love it, but it's a it's a it's a much more simplistic story at heart. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, and and Babylon Five is you know JMS is very interested in you know realpolitik and yep. in yep. how things would actually play out. Um, and he's got a lot of pieces moving that still need yep. to be to be yep. wrapped up after season four. So yeah, well, but we are definitely entering the entering the final act. Yeah, um, and, and I think that's clear. Yeah, and and moving things along. So. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing how this all ties up in 20ish more episodes. Indeed, and and seeing yeah. where it goes. And yeah. we've gone a little long this week because we were we were catching up and right and uh, and there's a lot of stuff in this episode to talk about. We'll be back right. to probably back to our usual uh, episode length next time, dear listeners. I would hope so. Yeah, yeah. We're not usually this chatty, but but we right. hadn't we hadn't we, had yeah, to, yeah. we had it's a, been we had a while. A, it's been a while. Right. And we're here in person. We always go on a little bit longer yeah. when we're in person. I'm not recording yeah. at 11 o'clock at night. And it's right. like, please, please, God, end this or end me. 
Yeah. Exactly. So uh, join us, uh, join us, folks, next week. We will be back here. We'll be uh, asking the musical question of whatever happened to Mr. Garibaldi. Whatever happened to Mr. Garibaldi? I don't know. I remember him from season two. He was yeah. a good guy. Yeah, I liked him in season two. Yeah. What was Jerry Doyle doing? Was he running for Congress in season three? Um, yeah, because he sure as hell yeah. wasn't doing anything on B5. He was just kicking back. Until next week, folks. Later, folks. Bye now. Super. Good outtake, Nintendo. <laughs> Are you recording this? Of course. <laughs> oh, crap. Oh, jeez, Louise, I didn't make any sense. It's okay. Nobody will hear this. Yeah, that... <laughs>